they're not fed, they're not cared for the way they are now in the beginning, they just pretty much are dying off even before the games even get started. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Erlene is here to talk about the greatly anticipated prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Hi. Exciting. It is exciting, right? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. yeah I have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a burning question because I know, I, mm-hmm. I did my Wikipedia research beforehand. I right. know like a central character of this is Snow. Yes. Does she make him Snow. sympathetic? Okay. So... Let's just jump right into it, okay. right? Yeah. So I don't want anyone mad at me because people get mad at me when I give away stuff on the podcast. I'm not going to give away anything a lot about the book and how it ends. I know, Katie, you read the book, right? Not this one. Not no, this I've, one. I've read the Hunger Games books, but not that. I've read prequel. the Hunger Games books before. So this one is a really good backstory into Snow. Mm-hmm. It's a backstory into the development of the games and understanding of S- Snow's mental state <laughs> and who he is, because this book centers around Snow, his family, well, a little bit of family he has left, and then how everything started. So this book starts with, with games 10. We're 10 years into having the games. Okay. And so that means we're like, with, I think the whole war happened, I want to say, 13 years before that. He was a very young kid. He's like 18 in the book. And so he's from the capital. He lives in the capital. But what you don't know, that you don't know from the books we all read before was his dad was a great general. He came from money and lost everything during the war. So his mm-hmm. dad died during the wars suddenly, and then his mom passed away soon after. And so who's left is his cousin, who is Tigris. Yeah. Do you remember Tigris from the books? No. She's in book three. She helps the she helps Katniss. So she Pita lives in the capital. Kind of she's very cat-like mm-hmm. in her appearance. She's into fashion. She goes through those trans- transformations. But that's his first cousin. They're very, mm-hmm. very close. And his grandmother. And that's it. So they still live in a very nice penthouse. But he's poor. His meal is potatoes and probably like garlic or you know whatever cabbage 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 cabbage. yeah Yeah, it is and so here's the thing it sounds good (laughs) yeah so he's poor because of the the father's gone the mother's gone he's in school trying to get a scholarship to the academy and above but he's not the snow family just by name they do not have any money and so he has a lot of resentment towards that and tigress is the breadwinner for the family she goes Mm -hmm. out there and she's trading lots of things and they hint that she could be doing more to make sure they survive, but he doesn't want to think about what she's actually doing mm. to help them survive. So that's the beginning of all of that. So they're 10 years in, he's a student, and they're ne- they've been having the games for a very long time. The arena is not what you think entire Hunger Games. It's not all beautiful and all the, it's like a big pit that doesn't get cleaned out at all, just opens up once a year for the Hunger Games. And he's a student, but this is the year where Goal, who is the game maker, has them become mentors for tributes. Mm. So they're not past winners. They're just students. And sh- and Goal is asking them to, let's do mentorship. Let's, let's go in something different. No one's watching the games. Well, in the books of Hunger Games, you know, they have big TV screens, all of that. The dishes are poor. Mm-hmm. One and two may have something, but no one has power like that. People don't have electricity or food. They're not really watching the games. People may have a TV. It's very grainy. So Mm -hmm. every district going down is poorer and poorer and poorer. So they're not watching it. 
Yeah. Go ahead. So you're seeing basically the effects of like a lasting war and kind of the yes. ripple from mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yes. So District 13, of course, was the nuclear district. So they're the ones who built all of the. Well, I think I think two did the weapons. One of the districts did weapons, but 13 was like nuclear, and they're the ones who kind of led the whole rebellion against Pan Am and the capital. And so everyone in those districts who kind of tied into it are being punished. And so 13 is gone by now. But 13 was the one who had all the underground tunnels that went under all of the districts that plays a part in Hunger Games. You talk about Mm -hmm. when you hear about that. And so everything is done. The tributes come from the districts from two, from one, no, I think from two to 12. I don't think one has tributes. I think they do. But they're treated like animals. They're put in like zoo, literal zoo cages and in the monkey cages. And that's where they're kept. They're not fed. They're not cared for the way they are now in the beginning. They just pretty much are dying off even before the games even get started. So what they're trying to do now is keep the fear going, get people interested. Who wants to watch that happen? So they have the students who are at the Capitol mentor different districts Mm -hmm. and that's how that even comes into play feels like they got some madmen spin on it they were like how how are we going to make our ratings go up this year that's what it was it was like they introduced a game maker they introduced a a host they had it televised the game maker created all of these and the game maker ghoul she's already into gene splicing and all of the creation of what do you do with snake venom on a person and different different things so you're seeing the beginning of the technology part, the fanfare, everything happening. Mm-hmm. But with go ahead. Well, no, I just random thought. So kind of like how the space race really like pushed a lot of innovation for us. It's mm-hmm. almost like that, but bloodier, like yeah. <laughs> gladiator style. So so everyone is assigned a district, and his one person was for District Twelve. He didn't want twelve. Like, why do I have twelve? I'm a snow, I'm important, so why do I have this person? His grades are phenomenal. He's thought of to be a top candidate to get a scholarship, but the dean of the school, whose name is High Bottom, has, <laughs> I had to write these things down, has resentment towards Snow because Snow's father and High Bottom were friends. Mm-hmm. And Ghoul, who was super old, who was there when Snow's father and High Bottom was in school, there's something that happened between High Bottom and Snow's father that he has a lot of resentment that he learns about later on in the book. Mm-hmm. But he is the dean of the school and he doesn't really care for Snow because he sees a lot of his father in Snow. Mm-hmm. And so they have the different districts mentoring and he gets District 12. And at the reaping for 12, I can't remember if they drew names like they did, like, they, like they've always done, but that's where you introduce to Lucy Gray, Lucy Gay Beard who is part of a covey, which is a musical traveling group. So during this time, they had a group that would travel and play music. Well, they got stuck in 12 after the war. So they just do performances like in the a little, a little thing they opened up, like the marketplace, whatever. Mm-hmm. They would do performances and get money or get, trade for food. And so what happened was the governor or the mayor of District 12 heard, heard his daughter set up Lucy Gray because Lucy Gray's ex-boyfriend was dating both of them or whatever. And <laughs> his name is, the governor's name is like, last name is Lips. So or his daughter set it up to where Lucy Gray got picked mm-hmm. for the reaping. And so Lucy Gray carries around a snake and different things. So she put the snake onto the governor's daughter and it bit the daughter. <laughs> Anyway, she carries around a venom yeah. snake. I don't think it had venom, but oh, okay. she carries around a snake. So she, at the reaping, has on her mother's. Her mother's passed away. Her mother's dress, some really crazy makeup, and she's singing. 
And then she always moves the audience that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's who he pulled. He was assigned her. And so you have this... Manic pixie. <laughs> Songbird. Songbird. Yeah. So he's drawn to her, He's but he's very ambitious and thinking, okay, well, the crowd loves her. She's singing. This may be good. What can we do? So he's always thinking of ways to get close to her to befriend his tribute. Well, no one wants to befriend these mentors because I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. You're not feeding me. You're not bathing me. You're not giving me anything. Why would I befriend you? The medical care they get is a vet during the time they're a tribute. So they arrive at the Capitol in, like, cattle trains, all handcuffed, all the tributes. I'm out here, like, I don't want to be a gross person, but if yeah. I wanted to make a TV show where people watch people fight to the death, I would want it to be interesting and not just diseased, tired well, that's what happens, because no one's watching it. And yeah, because they're like, look how, they're like zombies. Yeah, they, that's what it really was. So he went to the train station to meet her. No other mentor went to meet their tribute. And he just sees the conditions. Yeah. So you have him in a double mind of, this is how they're being brought. This is who, you, they're already weak and this and that. But also, how do I win this so I can get this scholarship? Get her a nice thing. apartment and some <laughs> some potato cabbage soup. <laughs> He meets her at the train station and he greets her. He brings her like a flower or something. And so he's just trying to gain her trust. They get caged away and they're not really supposed to be interacting with the tributes the way he was. Mm -hmm. But he's realizing I need her to trust me so I can help her win. Because she wins, I win. Yeah. And so you go through all of that. His classmates have to work together on a project on how do we make the games even better. Him and another classmate, which I can't remember her name, come up with the idea of different things that come up. If we can have people bet on the game, like the mentors can't bet, their family can't bet, but other people can bet on the games. Like, let me give that person water. Let me send this. So he's mm-hmm. the development of when you heard Hamish kind of in Hunger Games, hey, this is my tribute. Let's help this person out. Yeah. You appeal to them. So that's what they're trying to do. They had the whole outline written out. But before they was able to turn it in, one of their classmates got killed by one of the tributes, I think. And so it rattled his other classmate who wrote the report with him. It was a group project. And so they weren't going to turn it in, but he mm-hmm. still turned it in anyway. And so Ghoul gets the report and... It has, it has his name and I think the other people's names on it. And she lines a snake cage with the report. And she has the young lady reach in to get it and the snakes attack her. Well, the snakes know the smell of snow. So she knew that he turned it in. No one else turned it in. It's very sadistic. Wait. <laughs> so because the paper was in there, the snakes were used to his smell? Yeah. Which as okay. somebody who owns snakes, that's not how snakes work. I didn't think so. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I had I, I was I was doubting a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, it was really crazy. Cause these she, are dystopian snakes, so they probably worked. <laughs> they were probably genetically modified. Yes, well, everything she has is genetically modified. So yeah. the young lady gets bitten by the snake. Which what was her name? Also, this Clarissa? is the person that Viola Davis plays in the Absolutely. movie, right? Oh, powerhouse. Yeah. So this is <laughs> ready to see her. Yeah, six the one on gray eye situation. Yeah, because she's the head game maker. Can't remember her name, but yeah, she got bitten. And their family doesn't know where she is. They think she has the flu or she's sick. Well, she's already been changing her. Like, she has scales happening in her body. All these things. So, yeah. Any questions y'all have? I just feel like I'm rambling. (laughs) It really... Okay, so... Snow is clear... Like, here's the... The weird thing about prequels... Mm -hmm. 
is that you know how it's going to end. So it can't really have like a happy ending because you know the games are going to keep happening. And like, yeah. you, you know that even when people win the games, it's not really a good thing. Right. But the thing is, so, in this particular book, you meet, you meet Snow. He's ambitious, but he's poor. So it explains why he has this resentment towards the districts because mm-hmm. they took his family away from him in his mind. I think he, in the book, something happens where I think totally fractured his mind completely. Oh, you, you just think he's fully, like, gone. Oh, he's fully gone. Yeah. He's fully gone because there's a point where he thinks he's in love with Lucy Gray mm-hmm. and he's obsessed with her. I would love a book on her viewpoint of it. Yeah. Because I weirdo think, I think she capital. was surviving, yeah. not in love with him, but more survival. Yeah. Because he's possessing over her. She's mine. Because she ends up winning. The, yeah. She wins Hunger Games. And so he gets this great, he should have gotten the scholarship, but something happens where he becomes a peacemaker as a punishment in District 12. And yes, he'll be paid and half his income can go to his grandmother because they're about to lose their home. Yeah. And But he's a peacemaker. He's not going to be at the academy being this great thing. Yeah. In his mind, he's lost everything. Mm-hmm. And so Lucy Gray, because he helped her, he gave her little things in the game to help her win, mm-hmm. which wasn't allowed. And they found yeah. out about it. Um, and so that's how he yeah. got his punishment mm-hmm. was to go to District 12 as a peacekeeper. Well, Ghoul set the whole thing up. She wanted him to go to District 12 to kind of gain some kind of more insight to see why I do what I do. And I think it helped his anger and frustration. So Lucy Gray is back at 12. He's in love with her, but he's possessive over her. Mm-hmm. Like this, she is mine. We'll run away together. But he still has ambition to go to the academy and be this major. We're gonna run general. away, but also I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. Go to the like his whole idea was, I'll be the future president of Pan Am. This is what I'll do. Yeah. And so, in my mind, he's very possessive. He's 18. He's very possessive. He's never experienced anything before when it comes to relationships. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, was she surviving? Because she's mimicking the love and care for him. But I'm wondering if it's just all an act. Yeah. But that plays with him also thinking, well, she's a performer. Does she really care about me? What's mm-hmm. going on? Does she really care? All these things. And it kind of sends him spiraling out of control, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And there's something that happens between the two of them that leaves you hanging, wondering, okay, what happened? Mm-hmm. Because how do you tie this into the other books? You can understand the whole development of the games and having these different kind of having people kind of care about the tributes and want to help the tributes and be in love with them. But you're trying to figure out his disdain. Like he was sent to district 12. That's why he hates district 12. His hate for Katniss. They try to play on maybe Lucy Gray is kind of like a descendant of Katniss. And Mm -hmm. he sees Lucy Gray in Katniss. You're thinking that as you're reading the book, like, what is the deal with this? Yeah. Because the relationship, something happens towards the end and you're thinking, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Where, what, what was going on? And he decides after that, after being, I can't tell you, I don't want to tell people <laughs> the book, but something happened. He gets back to the Capitol and he's trying to cover some things up that happened back in District 12. And he decides from then on that love is not a part of his life. Yeah. I'll marry someone, but it's not going to be for care. It's not going to be for love, just for advancing my family. See, that was the part that I wasn't sure about, because like I was saying, when something is a prequel, you know how the future is going to look. Mm -hmm. So you can't really make too many concessions when it comes to a a character who is fully a villain, like in the future. So that's what I was wondering. But it feels like it feels like they never really tried to. They maybe try to explain why he's bad, but never try to be like, but he was good. Like, it feels like it, he was always riding the line. You would and then think he'd have more went. compassion considering his family lost everything financially. Mm-hmm. And 
he was distraught about, I mean, he won the game. He's on a high. I'm going to get the scholarship. It's great. I'll have my girl, Lucy Gray. Girl. Which is, yeah, <laughs> I'll have her. But then he gets called in. They show him all the things. How does she have this? How does she have that? What's mm-hmm. going on? And he thinks he's getting punished, getting sent to be a peacekeeper. They cut all his hair off. He's very plain. And so he's just living life. And another thing in the book, he said he tends to have to take care of people. He has a friend from District 2 that just is fracturing. His family's very wealthy. His dad buys his way out of things, you know, but he doesn't want to be a capital kid. I'm District 2 through and through, District 2 through and through. (laughs) And so he keeps wanting to just kind of like jump ship, Mm -hmm. rebel. And he's like, Stone's like, you can't do this because you're tied to me. You're going to ruin my life kind of thing. Yeah. And so his tribute, the guy from his friend, which was, what was his name? Sejanius from District 2. His tribute was actually from District 2. Mm-hmm. They went to school together. So now I'm in the Capitol. He bought his way into the Capitol. The father did. And now I have to be the mentor for someone from District 2 I went to school with. Yeah. The guy hates him. His name is Marcus. He hates him. And he ended up, he ended up dying in the games. And that fractures Sejanius completely. And he's like, what do I do? This is District 2. Mm-hmm. People are going to know about these things. And so they both become peacekeepers, him and Snow. But Snow's always taking care of him. Yeah. And he's always trying to, like, run away, rebel, mm-hmm. do different. He's like, you can't keep doing this. Because <laughs> they keep saying, so Snow, how's your friend? It's like, what's going on? Yeah. But for me overall, because I feel like I'm rambling, <laughs> for me overall, the book kind of introduces the advancement in the games ensuring that everyone has to watch mm-hmm. in some kind of way, the reaping and everything, taking care of the tributes better so they can be loved. That's how you have the whole fanfare we see in the yeah. books, one, two, and the three. Support and, the support. Yeah. I had no idea Tigris was his cousin. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Something happens between two of them where they are no longer communicating. Mm-hmm. But I think she holds a lot of shame for what she had to do to take care of the family and he doesn't understand that. But it also kind of fuels his ambition to never be that again. Mm-hmm. I am a snow. You'll respect me. And so he's just straight up ambition. Yeah. And so the dean of the school, high, high bottom <laughs> and snow's dad. So high bottom was the author of the Hunger Games. He wrote it out. Him and his him and snow's dad were out drinking one day and he was like, like, what if we f- made some what if poor we did kids this? fight? What if, we, <laughs> what if we would have to punish, not to punish, but what if we did this where we pulled the children, because children's what really is frightening. I'm taking away the youth. Let's pull children and do this mm-hmm. to kind of keep everyone in line. He never wanted to implement it. But Snow's dad was a so great idea. <laughs> turned it into ghoul and said, here. Yeah. And that's what brought, that's what fractured mm-hmm. their friendship. Like, I never wanted this to be seen in the world. Yeah. So he is tortured thinking, I never wanted this to happen. But Ghoul got it, was like, let's do it. That's how it started. So his dad and him started the Hunger Games, just a conversation. So do you think this is an important read for someone who liked Hunger Games? Like, do you think this is something they should definitely come back for, even if it's been a while since they've seen the, read the original? Yes, I think. So, because it kind of gives you insight into snow, mm-hmm. like, why are you so crazy? You know, <laughs> how did you become, what, what, where's this ambition come from? Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to have that. And also the discussion of what made you do the Hunger Games? Like, what yeah. made this what it is? And it's neat to see that it wasn't even that put together. It was just come like, snatch some kids, throw them in an arena, 
They may get bombed. They may get gunned down. All those kind of things because mm-hmm. they had trackers on them or something like that. It's neat to see that part. Mm-hmm. But the fracturing of his mind, it's clear to me in the book. Like this man does not live in reality. He's running from, I can't let anyone know that I'm poor. I can't let anyone know that I'm wearing my dad's clothes, you know, remade. And, you know, my cousin's trying to sew it up and feed us potatoes and cabbage. And yeah. my only good meals when I go to school, that kind of thing. He doesn't mm-hmm. want anyone to know where he's coming from, where he is. Even though people kind of know. Yeah. But they had no idea. Yeah. And will you be watching the movie? I had uh, yes, I okay. will watch it. I thought it was important to watch to read it before. Yes, I watched. So you know it. what the yeah, what the just like I read the book is. before I saw the movies, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they put out, they left out a lot of detail in my yeah. opinion during a lot of the games and just mm-hmm. how the imagery was in the book. They left some things out, but I think they got the idea across. Yeah, I think it could have been done a little bit better. I'm gonna be interested in your opinion on how their relationship scenes in the movie because I think it's a lot easier for subtle like body language cues to come through yeah. on film and it might be easier to see if you think that she really likes him or not. Like I personally, towards the end of the book, I was like, I would love you know how Shades of Grey, Shades of Grey has a gray version? Yeah. I would love to hear her point of view. Where she's like, all I have to do is be nice to this dude and then I can survive. It's like, it, yeah, yeah, I think it was survival for her. Yeah. Because he, I think it was survival. I would love to see her side, her yeah. point of view. That makes sense. It's an awful big power imbalance. Because the way he just switched at the end, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you're crazy. Yeah. So I have two questions. One okay. that's dumb and one that is hopefully less dumb. The <laughs> dumb question is, this is one book, right? Yes, it's okay. one book. And then the less dumb question. So I was reading some reviews online, and I think one of the main criticisms I saw of the book mm-hmm. was that Suzanne Collins seemed like she was out of her depth writing a more gray or dark dark character. Yeah. They said somebody even suggested that she should have stuck to more like a plucky underdog than, you know, somebody who had a lot of nuances and a lot of negative influences I don't, I don't, motivating him. I don't think so. I think she I mean, he's 18 at the time. So that means he's super old. I'm telling you when the Hunger Games hit. Like, yeah, it's like he's super old. But I think (laughs) it's awful to say. Yeah. But he was his. Yeah. So everyone in the book, all the all the characters in the book who are students were like four or five or six when the when or three or four, because they're all about 18, 19 when the war happened. And the war ran for like they were born during the wars. It was going on for a very long time. I think. It's a slower pace than Hunger Games mm-hmm. and Catch and Fire. It's a very slower, slower pace. Like it's all dialogue and mental stuff. Would you say it's a different type of book, like almost a different genre? Like whereas Hunger Games is a little more action, a little more like maybe this is a little more like thrillery, like mental. Or maybe I think like, it could have been written drama. along with the other ones as like a a few chapters into who, who Snow was, and then went into the seventy four years later. You yeah. know what I mean? It didn't have to be an entire book. Oh, okay. Like, they could have narrowed it down a little bit. They could bit. have narrowed it down a little bit. A little novella. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a novella that yeah. you had and then went into it. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel like the audience is teen for this one? Yeah, because you have that sap, ooh, sappy love. <laughs> even even if you're like, ooh, this is some messed, this up, messed love. up Yeah. <laughs> It is because it's all trauma-based. It's yeah. all it's possessive. It's, Let's be real. Twilight was messed up too. It yeah. was super messed up. I'm gonna just say a thing right now. You're just not allowed to fall in love with someone that you are mentoring after finding in a cage 
Like you, you just can't. You can't. I mean, <laughs> you the, can be the, friends with them. But the description of her is very striking. It's. I think I really feel that what a, what attracted him to Lucy Gray was her ambition and her survival skills yeah. that I don't think he had at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, she is a young woman. Both parents are gone surviving yeah in some kind of way confidently surviving and whereas in he his is like mind scrounging. it's like what is she doing what's going on how does she survive how does she know <laughs> how does she know this what is she doing what does she do to eat what does she do to live because mm-hmm. she's taking care of her family as well so they're very similar in they're taking care of their family but he really isn't tigers is taking care of their yeah. family and so she's just singing and trying to live just life manic pixieing across the stage <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's very like with Hunger Games, Katniss and Peta is a trauma situation, right? But they already had some kind of they already knew each other. They already knew each other, yeah. and her and Gail knew each other, but she wasn't really in love with him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This was a possession thing. Mm-hmm. Like she was his possession. Yeah, and I would love to know what she thought about that. Okay, I can't tell people the ending. Of it's the okay. Book. It's all right. It's okay. Maybe they can this read will, it. Yeah, this will <laughs> encourage them to read it. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and talking about this very hit book. Yes. Mm. Soon to be movie with yes. Viola Davis and other people. <laughs> and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye. Bye.